What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So the White Sox have a lot of cool things going on for them. I'm going to do a bit of a spotlight on them. So first of all, I want to talk about your mean Mercedes. We've talked about him before, especially after he had a monster start to the year. He's continued that. He's continued that monster start. And we're now starting to wonder, is this dude legit? He's leading the major leagues in average at 423. And he's put up really big numbers. So we're wondering, is he just a late bloomer or is he just having a flash of the pan month or what's going on? Because this is a guy who's a journeyman. I mean, he's been somewhat of a journeyman. Eight minor league seasons with three organizations. And he only had one big league plate appearance prior to this year. But he's been one of the hottest hitters we've seen. He also leads not just average. He leads MLB in hits. What remains to be seen is whether he can keep it up. But could he be a late bloomer? I don't know. But it's time to start putting him in that, you know, in that putting in those crosshairs like okay are we looking at a legitimate star or what because he's put up some serious numbers so i just wanted to shine some light on that and i'm going to keep my eye on him could he be a late bloomer because we've seen late bloomers before i mean first of all he's 28 years old so most players are right in their prime at that point they would have already put together some good major league seasons before that i mean we've seen late bloomers before i mean famous players come to mind Edwin Encarnacion, I mean, he was a solid hitter over his first seven seasons in the bigs, but nothing close to his breakout in 2012 where he hit 42 homers for the Blue Jays at age 29. Jorge Posada, I mean, maybe people don't think of him as a late bloomer, but he didn't really break out until his age 28 season in 2000. That's when he got his first of four consecutive all-star selections and then won his first of four straight silver slugger awards but before that posada had just a league average bat with a 100 ops plus over his first 292 games and he became one of the better hitting catchers of the generation josh donaldson comes to mind uh you know famously drafted as a catcher the cubs took him 48th overall and then you know he took some time to find a permanent position being traded to the a's but then at age 27 in 2013 he took over the third base job and was fourth in the AL MVP, and then with the Blue Jays, he actually won the MVP in 2014 over Mike Trout. So that's another late bloomer. You know, So we've seen guys do stuff late in their careers, but Yermi Mercedes is someone that we should definitely monitor because he's still leading the major league in average at this point. So he's having a good time. But the White Sox swept a doubleheader yesterday due to strong pitching. They had masterful pitching. Game one, it was Carlos Rodon, brilliant again. He led them to a 3-1 victory over the Tigers in game one of that doubleheader. He set a career high with 12 strikeouts, allowing one run over six innings in his fourth straight dominant start to, to start this year. I mean, he hadn't pitched since April 20th in, in Cleveland, but there's absolutely no evidence of rust. He struck out five straight between the second and third innings. But during the month of April, this has been one of the most impressive runs of Carlos's career. He's posted a 4-0 record with a 0.72 ERA. So he led them to victory in Game 1. In Game 2, Dylan Sees took the mound, and he was, he was just as good, honestly. I mean, he's now 6-0 against the Tigers in six career starts. He's been kind of 
iffy this year. Some people trust him, some people don't. But he was pretty darn good yesterday, and the White Sox got that doubleheader sweep. But he and Rodon combined to throw 13 innings, allowing just five hits and one run, striking out 21 on the doubleheader. And um, keep in mind, it's it's uh, obviously seven-inning doubleheaders, seven-inning games for the doubleheader. But it was an 11-0 White Sox drubbing of the Tigers yesterday. They just mopped the floor with them. But seven shutout innings with nine punch-outs for Dylan Seas. And the White Sox keep rolling. Now they have a record of 14-10. and 10. And with the mention of Mercedes Ascension, we remember when Eloy Jimenez was lost for the year in spring training and we talked about how big of a blow that was that someone well well actually what i said at the point was at that point i was like you're not going to replace eloy jimenez you're just going to have to figure out a way to win without him and piece together everyone else needs to step up well could they have replaced eloy jimenez dare i say it i mean at least for the first month of the season they have your Mercedes has given them everything they could have hoped for from eloy jimenez and then some so that's something to keep an eye on. So this White Sox team might end up not being so doomed after all because of that next man up. Moving out to Houston, though. You say Kikuchi flirted with a no-hitter, and he twirled six and a third innings of no-hit ball, and then it was an opposite field double, I believe off the bat of Carlos Correa, and that ended his no-hit bid. But, you know, he's, he still finished with seven shutout innings with seven punch outs and two walks. And he was really dominant. They ended up getting the victory one to nothing. That one run was all they needed. And Kikuchi was good. I mean, the Mariners have been waiting for Kikuchi to be, to be good. I mean, they signed him out of Japan last year and he had a very rough first year in the major leagues. But if they're going to get starts like this out of him, then they'll be, you know, over the moon. Because they did pay a lot of money to get him, but... They're just going to hope that he can be effective. He doesn't have to go out there and throw a no-hitter. He just needs to be effective. In other news, the Brewers defeated the Dodgers. So Eric Lauer threw five shutout innings and got the win for the Brewers over the Dodgers. And he has the Dodgers number, if you think about it. I mean, he's he's been successful against the Dodgers in his career to a tune of 6-0. and oh. For his career against LA. He lowered his ERA versus the Dodgers to a 1.89. And that's that's something special. I mean, he started seven times against LA in two seasons with the Padres after he made the you know his debut in 2018. And the six wins he has against this team are the most he's had against any other team in the big league. So it's it's not it's not usual that a team has a Dodgers number like that, especially in recent years, especially when it's a pitcher who has a 9-19 and record with a 5-2-4 ERA against any team not named the Dodgers. But sometimes, you know, things like that happen. You just, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. That's just baseball. But the Brewers get the victory yesterday behind that strong start. Yet another win for Eric Lauer as the Brew Crew defeats LA by a score of 2-1. to So that's going to do it for today, folks. That's all I have. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.